Coming up next. If you are considering a career in law, um, if it's something you're passionate about, if it's something you are really convinced you're going to excel at, then go for it. Don't be put off by uh, what people say or any uh, perceptions uh, that are out there about uh, what the requirements are. Just go for it. It's doable. It's possible. I've done it. Uh, you can do it too. Welcome to the Job Talk Podcast, where we talk with people who love their jobs. Our guests open up about their challenges, surprises, and secrets to success in their industries. Through conversation, we explore their careers, past work experiences, and the education that got them to where they are now. Today's guest is Donovan Francis. Here's our job talk with a lawyer. Donovan, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast today. I'm I'm really interested to hear your story and how you became a lawyer. I think the best place to start would be, where did you grow up? Yeah, thanks for having me, Kim. And uh, good to be catching up with you again, you know, from our days together in Edmonton. Um, so I'm Jamaican by birth. Uh, my wife and I moved to Edmonton, Alberta, um, uh, many years ago. I've lost, I've lost count. Um, and we spent a significant number of years there. Uh, before uh, moving to Ontario, where um, I, I moved to, to Ontario primarily to go to law school, and then I decided to kind of set up my law practice here in in uh, in Ontario. So that has been the the journey so far. What was it like coming to Canada? Was there a culture shock? Uh, how did you find the weather? Because in in Edmonton, we can we can get to pr- some pretty low temperatures. Yeah, you're 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 right about that. Um, so, I mean, we're we're into research, so we do a lot of research. Uh, we did a lot of research prior to coming, so we had some kind of an idea of what we were getting ourselves into. I mean, but normal job preparation can prepare you for uh, minus thirty five degrees uh, temperatures, and not factoring in the wind chill. You know, I think I think probably one of the biggest. Um, surprises I had, you know, uh, as somebody who grew up in a, in an environment where, uh, you, you equated sunlight and sunshine with warmth and heat, you know, one of the biggest shocks I had was in the middle of winter when the sun was high in the sky and shining down in Edmonton, you know, I thought that it would have been at least been warm, but I discovered that that's when it was coldest. So that was a big surprise. Well, as far as the culture is concerned, um, there weren't any major culture shocks, you know, there, there were adjustments that needed to be made for sure. Um, but, uh, I think we did a good job of, uh, assimilating and I mean, Edmonton made it easier. Yeah. So when you arrived in Canada and in Edmonton, what career were you in? Yeah. So I was, I was in communications. Uh, I was, uh, what was back then a communications, um, officer. I believe they still have communications officers today. Uh, so that's what I did uh, while I was in Jamaica. Um, and that's what I transitioned to when I was uh, in, in Alberta. Um, and that grew into a communication slash marketing manager role while I was in, in Alberta. Um, and, and I did that right up until I decided to transition into law. May I ask how old you were when you decided to pursue a career in law? 
Yeah, good question. So, so I was a I was what was called a mature student, right? I was almost forty years old when I decided to um to to go to law school. You know, I was uh, I was in my late thirties uh, when I decided to go to law school, um, and that had its pros and its cons. You know, uh, being a mature student, having had a professional career before, it kind of uh, prepares you. Um, to, to to handle you know the 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 the, the culture and the, the the politics and and so on of of law school and it kind of uh, made me focused on 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 kind of what I wanted you know not wasting time on other stuff so so that was definitely a pro the con was I felt like I was wasting away um, an important period of my life just going to school when I could have been out there working and 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 um uh, providing for my family so um yeah going to to, to law school uh, making a career switch at uh, that point in in my life was definitely um an unusual decision to say the least yeah and you had a degree was your degree in communications yeah so i had a degree from um, jamaica uh in uh, communications then when I came to uh, Edmonton, I did a master's at the University of Alberta in uh, communications and technology. So that was more focused on not just the, the, the communication side, but how to leverage primarily online internet-based technologies in order to, to effectively communicate with, with, with an audience and, and to market to an audience. Education in law is very competitive. So when you're a mature student and you're applying to uh, law school, what is that like? What are they looking at? Are they looking when you're a mature student, are they looking at your life experience, but are they also looking at your grades from your previous uh, degree? Yes, they look at everything. Um, And um, it varies from university to university as well. You know what? There, there are certain themes that are common across all universities. You know, you have to uh, have sat the LSAT uh, exam, right? Uh, so the LSAT is a required requirement, and you need to have, generally speaking, you need to have gotten a competitive score in the LSATs. You know, so that can be the first um, and probably most challenging barrier. Secondly, yes, your academic um, performance uh, up until the point in time uh, you are uh, applying for law school, that's also going to be taken into consideration. So in my case, both my undergraduate uh, transcripts and my master's transcripts from the U of A would have been taken into, into consideration. And then there are other factors, you know, around your involvement in the community. So the fact that I was actively involved in the community in Edmonton you know, um, volunteering and um, leading and so on. All of that stuff was also taken into consideration, um, as well as my maturity and the, the 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 contributions I'd be able to make to the law school, given um, the experience that I was coming to the law school with. How do you successfully prepare yourself to write the LSAT? Oh man, that's uh that's a difficult uh, <laughs> that's a difficult <laughs> question you know um, for me it was about preparation a lot of these exams are more about preparation than they are about anything else you know so it really is about spending a lot of time uh, preparing you know uh, looking at um, so looking for certain themes 
that are common throughout, identifying them, understanding what the expectation is around them and addressing them um, as you go along. You know, for some people, there are courses available as well that can help you prepare for the LSAT. Uh, so there are different things you can do, but ultimately preparation is key. Can you only write the LSAT once no. or twice? Is there a time no. limit? Or no, otherwise the um, the the owners of the 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 the, the exams will not make any money. So <laughs> so uh, you can write it as many times as you want until you you have a score that's competitive. And from start to finish, how long did it take to to go through the LSAT for you? Oh man, it's been a while. It's been a while, Kim. Um. I, I don't remember exactly how long, but that is something that I had been. So I've always worked while studying with the exception of law school, you know. So um, whether it was while I was doing my master's, I, I worked full time while studying. I had no issues uh, in preparing for the LSAT. I worked uh, full time while, um, while preparing. So that would have happened over um, quite a period of time, uh, the, 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 the preparations. And is there, I'm not going to ask you how much it is, but there's obviously a financial aspect to writing an LSAT. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it added up at the time it did add up, right? Um, because uh, you have to, the exam itself costs, you know, the, the prep material cost, you know, all the books and stuff you're going to be buying, those cost money. If you're going to be paying for courses, those are going to cost money. So it certainly adds up, you know, mind you, it's nothing compared to what you're going to be paying uh, when you actually get into law school, but that's an entirely different story. That's true. Okay. So which law school did you attend, Donovan? Yeah. So I attended Osgoode Hall Law School, which is um, at York University in, in Toronto. Okay. Toronto, Ontario. Let's talk about your experience as a mature student when you were taking your studies. How intense is it? Uh, it's very intense. Um, oftentimes, reflecting back on, on those years, I think that um, people who are in law school uh, make too much of a big deal about it. And as a result, they create a lot of pressure, a lot of tension on themselves unnecessarily. And I found that to be the case throughout. You know, it's a very competitive environment where uh, people are continually thinking that um, what will ultimately determine their fate in life is what kind of score they get on a particular uh, in a particular course, and nothing is farther from the truth, actually. But but that's the reality of 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 the law school experience as I experienced it. So I mean, as a mature student, um, thankfully I I had the experience of working prior and of having had an understanding of how the real working world operates, how the corporate space um, operates, and so I was able to leverage that throughout. Uh, but even that, oftentimes, is not sufficient to cushion you from just the 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 intensity. Of law school, it's fiercely competitive. Uh, you have to be continually uh, trying to, to to score the at, at the highest levels, you know, because your grades are marked on a curve, and um, just all of these uh, crazy things that, in hindsight, are, in my opinion, very unnecessary. Uh, at least 
uh, unnecessary for you to succeed in the real world. Do you think you would have been as successful as a law student if you went into law at, say, age 20, 21, as opposed to when you were a little bit older and had some more life experience? Yeah, I probably would have been a more successful student and a less su successful lawyer. Uh, you know, one of the one of the criticisms of law school is that um, it is kind of um, geared towards uh, young kids who are uh, younger kids who are primed to um, you know to to sit the exams and and to respond to the questions exactly as 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 um, they would have been presented and so on. And, um, and for somebody who comes at it with a little bit more of a critical outset, outlook rather, um, may not um, fit into that as seamlessly, you know? And so I think that uh, had I gone to law school as a much younger person, I may have um, relished the competitive nature of, of, of law school more than I did as a more mature person. Um, but ultimately, I think my experiences prior to going to law school have definitely helped me in the in the actual real life practice of law. And I would not have had that advantage had I um, gone in early. Donovan, are you argumentative? Do you enjoy a good good argument? And it, do you think that's an important trait if you're looking to uh, to be a lawyer? It's not a necessary trait. There are all kinds of lawyers. There are, oh man, there are, there are people who are highly reserved. In law school, there are people who are very reserved. There are people who are quiet, you know, but, but ultimately, I mean, these are usually all going to be people who know what they're about, know what they believe in, that kind of a thing. And oftentimes, uh, for many people in law school, there's going to be um, a, a commonality, which is that they have this, um, um, dislike for injustices, for things that they perceive to be uh, unjust in one way or another. You know, but ultimately, in terms of your personality type, you definitely do not have to be an argumentative uh, type of person to get into law because there's so many different areas of law, many of which do not require you to be that kind of a person, you know. Yeah. So what area of law are you practicing? What did you pursue? Yeah. So I ended up uh, practicing what's called corporate immigration law or business immigration law. So this is immigration for multinationals and corporations who have operations in Canada and who have uh, business outside of Canada and they want to tra transfer high-skilled employees from their uh, businesses outside Canada into Canada to help support their Canadian operation, right? So this is called business immigration. So that's what we do primarily. Okay, so you probably don't find yourself in a courtroom very often, then? No, and I've I've chosen not to. Um, I mean, uh, you asked if I'm a uh, if I'm by nature an argumentative person. Um, if it's necessary, I will be, but I'm not a combative person, and. Um, Typically, the way our court system is set up, it's adversarial in nature. You know, you you have to be going at each other and, and trying to outscore the other party um, in order to, to, to convince the decision maker 
that your position is is the right position. Um, I've chosen deliberately not to go that route because that's not where my satisfaction comes from. My satisfaction comes from the more transactional side of things where I'm able to, we make arguments, but, but our arguments are written arguments, you know, that are advocating for the uh, approval of our, of our, our clients' applications based on certain grounds, you know, but I've found that to be more satisfying than to be standing in a court or in a tribunal uh, arguing in front of a decision maker. Yeah. Did you choose immigration law because of your life experience? You you were a new Canadian. You came to Canada. Is, is that why you pursued it? Good question. Actually, it wasn't. When I went to law school, I thought I would have been um, pursuing something completely different. You know, I had an interest in contracts. You know, I had an interest in corporate law, those kinds of things. But then while I was in law school, um, I decided to take an immigration law course and uh, they had a guest lecturer there who came and started talking about corporate immigration. Uh, and I was intrigued because I'd never heard of that area of practice before. And uh, and so that's what really piqued my interest. And, um, and from there, it just kind of... Um, mushroomed and, and snowballed into, into, into a career for me. Okay. What challenges do you, do you face on a day-to-day -day basis in the work that you do? Yeah, the, the challenges are varied. Um, so I, I lead a team. I, I have my own firm and um, we have lawyers and, uh, and uh, immigration uh, caseworkers on our team. And so there are going to be the managerial type issues that are going to be faced on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, issues around um, managing uh, decisions around staffing, you know, decisions around budget, decisions around managing clients, all of those managerial type issues. And then there are going to be the, the, the legal, the more substantive legal issues, you know, around um, trying to get um, a client application approved, notwithstanding certain challenges or difficulties that may be associated with that client and so on. So those are some of the things that, I mean, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, I, I, I have to grapple with. Yeah, you're not only a lawyer, but you're also a business owner, which are two completely different things. Yes, and I think you've hit, I mean, you've hit on a good point there because one of the criticisms of law school is that it does not train you to become a business person, trains you to become a lawyer. But the truth is that once you go out and you set up an offer, what you're doing is you're setting up a business that offers, that, that happens to offer legal services. So what, what in essence happens is that you become a business person first and a lawyer second. And I believe that is where a lot of lawyers struggle because we were never trained to be uh, business people. And um, and that can that can become very challenging uh, within the profession for a lot of people. So we talked about your challenges. What do you love about being a lawyer? And you know what? I'm going to fold in a, a second part to that question. Is there a particular project uh, or case or something that you worked on that you are proud of? Yeah. Um, so what I love is when my clients, especially the ones who have very difficult situations 
when we are able to put forward a, a case that is str- an argument that is strong enough to lead to their uh, applications being approved. I mean, that gives us a lot of gratification. As a team, we actually celebrate those 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 wins. Um, so that's where I get the greatest um, a joy from. Um, and uh, in terms of like the most challenging uh, case or situation, I mean, we've had a few. Um, you know, um, we've had situations where uh, persons have been told by other lawyers that they don't have much of a hope and then they've come to us and their matter was approved uh but i think for me the the biggest um, gratification comes actually from um or corporate clients you know um we have uh business clients who bring multiple uh, foreign employees to Canada, high-skilled employees, usually primarily the tech space. And um, for us, the the biggest satisfaction comes from being able to get those applications approved. You know, um, the the rate of success is um, bordering on 100%, notwithstanding the the difficulties that each employee application um, has from time to time. So, So for me... That's the biggest um, gratification that I've gotten um, from from everything that we've been doing. Do you think you're surprised that you became a lawyer? No, it's something I always aspired to be. But, um, you know, in life, sometimes um, uh, you have to get to where you want to, to get to uh, by using um, different routes. You know, and so I I came to law through the the route of a communications and and marketing person, but um, I would have been surprised if I did not become a lawyer because that is something I always aspired towards, and I'm I'm very goal driven. Um, so surprised, no. What are some of the misconceptions about about lawyers and a career in law? I, and I, I'm I guessing believe- one of the one of the biggest ones that I could think of is it's like you just start to cash checks when you become a lawyer. It's, it's, yeah. you could become or, quite Or think money from it. trees. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that could be farther from the truth. You know, there, there are many lawyers who, um, who struggle, you know, financially. And, um, and that's just the reality. And then on top of that, there is this perception of uh, prestige that is associated with the profession, which brings an added burden on somebody who is struggling um, financially or otherwise uh, within the profession. So I think that's a misconception that uh, once you become a lawyer, you make money. Um, um, the opposite can be true for many people. Uh, you know, I think it depends on where you end up, you know, uh, depending on the firm you end up at, or if you decide to set up your own business, it, it depends on how effectively are able to manage that business and even uh, even after being able to effectively manage a business it takes time you know it takes time to build up your clientele and all of that thing all of those things so so that's definitely a misconception um i um i think there's a misconception that lawyers are uh typically going to be flamboyant people who are going to be standing in front of a judge and and really hammering all their points 
you know, the, the opposite is true. Uh, because of how diverse the profession is, you're going to find people who just sit in a corner the entire day and um, write stuff, you know, and their personality type is not one that would um, uh, allow them to go stand in front of any court. Uh, so so that's another misconception that, that lawyers are these um, very uh, outgoing, um, adversarial type of personalities. What, what advice would you give somebody that is considering a career in law? And I'll tack on another uh, um, item to that and ask, maybe speak to a mature person that's looking to go into law as well. Yes. Um, I would start off by saying there's a place in law for you. You know, um, one of the, the, the struggles the profession has is a lack of diversity. And that lack of diversity not just has to do with uh, racial or ethnic diversity. It also has to do with diversity um, in terms of uh, the experience level that people are coming into it with. You know, um, the, the, the stage at which people come into it, you know, and the kinds of background that people come into law with. You know, if you're going into law straight out of um, high school and university, then you would not have the kind of experience that somebody else uh, coming into law may have. So so that definitely is um, is going to be important. I think I've strayed from your question here, um, uh, Kim. <laughs> just, just advice to, to somebody considering a career as a lawyer. Yes. So, so definitely there's a place in law for you um, because the, the profession needs people from all kinds of backgrounds. And you should not be intimidated by the requirements that are in place to get you into, into, into law. If this, if this is something you really want, then you will find a way to get into it. Um, do not be intimidated by the LSAT exams, you know, on your, your, who you are as a person holistically matters. And that's also going to be important for you to learn. And then if and when you get into law school, uh, just remember that um, what you were before and what you bring with you into law school matters. And so you should never be uh, thrown off or be put off by anything you see or hear or what transpires there. And then when you have graduated from law school, uh, it's important to note that uh, you can add a little bit of, you can bring your own personality to your practice. You know, you can add some variety. You can try to do things differently, but within the, the confines of the um, the rules. Uh, but you do not have to be uh, the person you grew up watching on TV uh, performing as a lawyer. Yeah. Well, Donovan, congratulations on your career. And I'm sure your friends and family are very, very proud of what you've accomplished and, you know, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast to, to share your insight on being a lawyer. Thank you so much, Kim. Uh, thanks for having me. And it was good catching up with you again. To learn more, please visit gooselaw.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Job Talk podcast. For more information, please visit us at thejobtalk.com. Our podcast music was created by our friend Mike Malone in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada.